Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bon, and this is a podcast talking about all of the news, reviews, and speculation around video games on all platforms and almost every genre. This week, we will be talking about Unreal Engine 5, Max Payne remakes, Starfield news, The Division, PTS, and more. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel for more podcasts and videos. Follow the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. And join on the Discord to chat about podcast topics, games in general, or to just chat about whatever. We kind of go over basically anything over there. Links for all of those are down in the description. Gaming news. Let's jump right into it. Well, first, I'm not going to do this very often, okay? But I have a request. If you are watching on YouTube, or if you have a YouTube and you're listening, go over there and follow my Bond Diesel YouTube channel. I'd really appreciate it. Try and get those numbers up. Check out a couple videos. That'd be really cool. Leave some comments. Even better. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, pause the show or wait till the end. And go and leave a review. On Spotify, you literally just leave a star rating. On iTunes, you can just do that. Or if you want to leave an actual review, that's cool. I'll take it. Um, but every now and then, I want to kind of like specifically request this stuff. Um, because those things do help with the algorithm. Both on YouTube and iTunes. Um, and Spotify and stuff like that. The, the more interactions, uh, the better. And on Spotify, if you're on the app, I've been posting questions um, every week that you can actually answer per episode. Uh, so you can check that out as well. And the final thing is on Twitter or wherever, if you can share, retweet, whatever, when I post the episodes and things like that, I would really appreciate it. Even if you can just leave a comment on the tweets that I send out, those interactions uh, get shared to more people. Um, and basically anything helps. Um, I really want, you know, the, the podcast is, um, it's kind of weird. It goes up and down and, um, it is growing right now, which is really cool. And I think as you know, stuff happens with the division and things like that, that will continue to happen. But I, um, I, I just want to make sure I'm putting in effort into this thing and, um, you know, not just settling with, uh, being happy with what I have, even though I am so. There's, you know, I won't do this every week. This will be like a once a month thing or whatever. Um, but if you could do those things, review it, follow, sub, watch videos, join the discord, come in there and chat. That's cool as well. Um, that helps me kind of see where we're at. And uh, I like seeing new faces. So on to actual news. Uh, so the biggest story, at least for me this week, was Unreal Engine 5 has been fully released. Um, so we know that. Um, it's been in kind of a beta stage, I think for a year, year and a half or so. Um, the only game I'm aware of that's currently out using Unreal 5 is Fortnite, which is made by Epic, who also makes Unreal. So go figure. Um, and now, not to say that, you know, there's plenty of games being developed uh, and they have been for a while um, in Unreal 5. Uh, we know that like Hellblade's uh, sequel, Sinuous Saga, 
Um, you know, that's probably coming out in the next year and a half, two years. Uh, and we've seen like gameplay footage, quote unquote, uh, you know, trailer, um, probably using end game assets, but spiced up. Right. Um, you know, there's been people using Unreal for a long time, Unreal 5. Um, but this this release is a big deal. The fact that they finally said, yep, here's version 1.0. We're not in beta. This is a full Unreal 5. And then they showed a huge list of uh, developers that are using it. Um, and it was pretty impressive. Um, obviously, there's ones that we know are using this, um, like Ninja Theory Coalition, things like that. Um, one that got announced was um, that there's a new Tomb Raider coming um, from Square Enix or whoever did the uh, last reboot trilogy. Uh, they're, they're diving back into that, which is great. Um, I love those three uh, most recent games, and I'm really excited to see more of that. Um, they When they did their big announcement, they did the Tomb Raider announcement. They also had the Coalition show like a tech demo. Um, so if you don't know who the Coalition is, it's an Xbox studio um, who does Gears of War. And I think basically since Gears of War um, came out originally, uh, the Coalition and Epic through Unreal have been really tight. Um, it sounds like it may be like the closest collaboration they have outside of their own development studios. And um, Gears of War has always been a big showcase for Epic um, and for the Unreal Engine. And uh, even to a point where, like, for me, who's, you know, recently become such a big fan of Mass Effect, um, especially in Mass Effect 2 and 3, you can feel the, um, they, they definitely, basically, they, they took a lot from Gears. And uh, probably the inborn um, cover systems and shooting mechanics and things like that, um, you can definitely feel it. Uh, and if you think back to games that were on Unreal 3, um, you know, there's a lot of games like that. So, um, so the coalition showed the tech demo. I didn't know that the coalition is also working on like a separate project from the gears of war seven, I think, or six. And, um, it's also using unreal. So the assumption is that the, the tech test was not, um, the, either of those games, it was just a thing that they're using. Um, so with these engines, what, what they'll do is they'll do basically these tech tests where they'll make this completely, um, unique experience, whether it's just a CG trailer or it's just testing environmental design or lighting things and things like that. And that's what they showed. And it was highly impressive. It was really, really cool. So, um, so we saw that, uh, the one big thing we didn't see for me, speaking of mass effect is on that list of developers that they are currently working with. BioWare was not on there now. Um, it's all but confirmed that, that BioWare is switching to unreal five for mass effect, but they are not using it for dragon age four, which isn't out yet. It'll be out probably next year, mid late next year. So part of me wonders, um, they're still using snowdrop or, um, frostbite. I always confuse them. Um, they're two Swedish engines and, um, a part of me wonders if they, they like are shying away from, uh, kind of talking about that new partnership until they can start getting the messaging out for dragon age, because I really think that there's going to be a weird, like an awkwardness for EA 
of here's Dragon Age 4, our next big new game from our our big Bioware developer. Um, by the way, we're also working on Mass Effect and we're leaving the engine that we're currently using. Uh, and it, it, it kind of, it, it's just, it's an awkward thing in my opinion that they are pretty obviously leaving uh, Frostbite for Mass Effect. Um, there's multiple job listings that specify they want Unreal Engine experience. Um, uh, Mike Gamble, the head of the next Mass Effect, has you know been retweeting and posting about those specific job listings. So they've all but confirmed it. But this show that Unreal and Epic did confirms that they have not confirmed it yet officially. So I thought it was kind of interesting not to see Bioware on there. Um, and the big conversation was kind of interesting to me. So there's a there's a lot of conversation going on about you know, is it really, is it really that, is it the problem that Epic, um, who is, has a very large portion of their ownership with Tencent, um, and has its own issues as well with Sweeney being kind of a, an interesting character and having some of his own weirdness. Um, is this consolidation a bad thing? We now know that like Bioware is going to switch to, uh, Unreal 5. Um, CD Projekt Red is dropping their Red Engine and switching to Unreal 5. Um, we have, you know, the really the only big publisher I can think of that isn't even dabbling in Unreal is um, Ubisoft. And on their side, um, the information I've been made aware of is that uh, they currently use Anvil Next as one of their engines. If you've played uh, Ghost Recon, Breakpoint, or Wildlands, Assassin's Creed, all of them, um, and a few other games. Those are all on Anvil Next, um, which is a really old engine. Now, engines get updated, um, but I'm under the impression that Anvil... The, the problem is, is that these engines get updated, but th there comes a point where the, the core of the engine, the basis of it, just can't do stuff anymore, like newer stuff, or it doesn't do it very well. And that Anvil is basically uh, can't be upgraded enough anymore. And that Ubisoft is essentially switching to Snowdrop, um, which is um, an engine developed by Massive, who is the developer of Division, Division 2, uh, and now the Star Wars and Avatar games. And I believe that it's already been announced. Like, I think the next Splinter Cell game that the, that's in development is going to be on uh, Snowdrop. Um, the Rabbids and Mario games are on there. The South Park game they did is on there. Uh, Red Storm did a Star Trek VR game that is on Snowdrop. Um, so luckily, Snowdrop has shown to be pretty versatile. Um, I'm also under the impression that the newer versions of Snowdrop they're using for Star Wars and Avatar have like ray tracing and DLSS, and they're going to start incorporating all of those newer technologies. So Ubisoft seems to be staying away from the Unreal uh, train, and that's not that surprising. Ubisoft is super weird about um, pinching pennies wherever they can, and uh, they've probably done the calculus for them that it is affordable enough to keep upgrading and using Snowdrop uh, rather than paying the licensing for Unreal. Now... That's the situation that EA has been in for the last you know six, seven years, where they switched most of their major games over to Frostbite, which is a, the DICE engine uh, used for Battlefield, and now it's on Madden and FIFA, and it was in um, Dragon Age Inquisition and Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem 
and you know i could probably list a bunch of other games it was used on and you would start to like kind of cringe your face and say "Ooh," and that's probably why ea is dabbling with unreal right so there's this question whether or not this con- this consolidation is a good thing or a bad thing my take on it is that long term i hope unreal gets some legitimate competition long term i'm talking 10 years you know we are going to need unity to step it up we're going to need maybe i mean maybe ubisoft with snowdrop i mean in theory they could develop that engine to a point where they could try to license it out to other studios and publishers the way that epic does with unreal it's always possible um so far snowdrop i mean it's a very impressive engine um it's just it sounds like unreal is just especially five is just so easy to use and it's just so convenient and that when it comes to licensing they do do they do it pretty well um and so i think in the long run there has to be competition um if if unreal is the only player in the game then they don't have a reason to improve and that makes games worse um in the short term i don't have an issue with it though um it wouldn't surprise me if Unreal 5 dominates this entire generation of consoles, the, the PS5 and the Series X and whatever maybe mid-gen refreshes they have before the PS6 and the Xbox whatever's next, right? Um, I, I think that Unreal 5 is going to dominate and, and part of why is because that graphic they showed of all these studios using Unreal 5, it's... The, one of the strengths of Unreal is that so many people are using it, so many developers of, you know, indie all the way up to triple, quadruple A studios are using, you know, their tech and they're going to be using this Unreal 5 tech that there's going to be this knowledge base that's going to be created so quickly and is going to um, be able to... Uh, be shared and you know whether it's assets that the developers share with each other it, it, the biggest thing is really going to be whether it's for indies or for AAA studios is okay we need to do this thing in our game they figure it out and then that becomes part of the knowledge base of the entire engine now i'm sure there's going to be a lot of proprietary systems and things like that um, i've talked to some people about like mass effect that, that they're developing a big hurdle for them is going to be that the base Unreal 5 engine um, just doesn't have a lot of RPG systems. So Bioware is going to have to make those from scratch. Um, but whether it's for other games in there, you know, within EA or whatever, they're going to be able, you know, that experience will stack on, on top of itself. Where if a studio like CD Projekt Red has their own engine that only they use you just you, you don't get that experience you don't get those that many eyes on it you don't get all of those um it's just it's kind of like if you tried to start a new car company and you tried to make your own frame and engine and everything from scratch it would be a lot harder and the quality would probably you know, would be harder to make good than if you started a new car company and you used uh, a Toyota engine and you used a, 
you know, a, a GM frame and you like, you basically used existing technology that a lot of people are using anyways, uh, already that's being developed and that's being seen by other people and being worked on and figured out by others. Um, that's known technology. And, and that's what I think we're running into. And I think in the short term, this gen, basically, you know, by the mid late gen and, you know, the next three to seven years, eight years, um, we're going to see some wildly impressive games come from Unreal Engine 5 Studios and others, I'm sure, too. But, you know, they're going to be able to figure out the limitations of these systems quick, where they can push them, where they can't. And all of that's going to, you know, there's going to be so many people working on this engine that they're going to figure all that stuff out so much faster than if they started their own engine from scratch. And um, I think that's exciting. I, I, I understand the issues of Sweeney, the, the owner of Epic. I understand, you know, that, that, that it can turn into a thing where you play two games from the same engine. You start to notice like, man, that ground texture sure looks familiar. Um, now with the big AAA studios, you probably won't have that. They, uh, I'd be pretty surprised if you see too many of the base, uh, you know, stock, uh, models and textures from the big AAA games, but who knows? Um, so I think this is cool. This is exciting. Um, I played that matrix demo and they talked about it a bit during their reveal. Um, it's really interesting. The things that they're going to be able to do with this, um, not only from a graphical gameplay perspective, but from a, you know, the way that models work and the way they can randomly generate, um, NPCs and, um, just, it's just really cool. And I'm really excited to see how, you know, all of these different studios figure out how to use this tech. And I will be cautiously optimistic about, uh, this unreal engine five movement. The next story is talking about Max Payne. Um, so it was announced this week that Remedy, uh, the makers of Control and Alan Wake, I believe, um, have uh, contracted with Red um, Red Storm. Uh, Remedy has contracted um, with Rockstar um, to remake Max Payne 1 and 2. Um, so these games are pretty old. These are from the early days of, I want to say, late mid late ps2 um xbox times and um they're they're still legendary though uh, it was the first game that really implemented like bullet time and made that popular um told a really gritty rough story um but was still really popular um and and so remedy has announced like hey we're remaking these speaking of engines um control and um, their games are made on their own engine. I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but obviously if you've seen Control, you know it looks good. They love their ray tracing, so I'm sure that will be a big feature. Um, and that's about all we know. Um, that They've said that both of the remakes will independently have their own um, funding uh, on the scale of any AAA game today. Um, that Rockstar is funding these games completely. And once uh, they, they make their money back, then that's when Remedy will make money. Um, but we still don't really know much about, you know, are they going to try to port the games in and update them? Considering how old those games are and how technologically deficient they are, my guess is these are going to be like full straight up remakes from the ground up, which is going to be interesting because they're going to have to 
you know, try to capture the feel of those old games, but bring them to the modern day. And that's very hard to do, as we've seen with various remakes in recent history, like the, you know, the Grand Theft Auto 3 and San Andreas and Vice City remakes that did not go well. Um, that was, if you don't know why, a part of it was that they, um, they, they took the mobile ports and then tried to upgrade those for the new systems, and they looked terrible. Um, so I'm excited about this. Remedy obviously knows what they're doing. Um, they had that Crossfire X game that was on Xbox. That um, The multiplayer is literally one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. And the single player isn't great, but everything that is great about it is because Remedy did the single player. And I actually saw a lot of um, the CG trailers... Uh, the cinematics and stuff in that game are actually really, really impressive. The actual gameplay is fine. Um, I, I believe it is noted that the single player and the multiplayer run on two different engines. They're literally different games, essentially. And um, yeah, Remedy, especially after Control, um, can kind of do no wrong. Now, there's also the little tidbit that Remedy is like working on like seven different games right now. And um, I'm not exactly sure how big that studio is, but uh, we we are under the impression there is something going on with like a Control sequel. Um, they're working on a new Alan Wake game, which they just recently um, talked about. Um, they're working on these two huge remasters. Um, and then apparently there's a bunch of other projects in the works with like Tencent. And, um, Remedy does a lot of like contract work, basically, like that Crossfire X game, um, where it's not really their personal passion, but because they're an independent studio, not owned by Xbox or PlayStation or EA or whatever, they, they, it's pretty common for these independent studios to do this contract work, basically just to make money. And then they can spend that money on passion projects. So um, I'm excited about this. Those um, I really like Max Payne 3, even though a lot of people didn't when it came out um, because of the tone change and some of the stuff the story did. But if they can basically bring it up to that level from a graphical and gameplay way and then modernize it even more, but put it back into the max Payne one and two stories. I'm in. That sounds super fun. Speaking of development, the next uh, story here is about the next battlefield is in development. Um, so there uh, was recently in the last week or two, some updates leaked and kind of shown about 2042 um, how they're updating some of the maps, some of the new maps that are coming and some of the other stuff they're trying to do with that, that poor game. I love 2042. I actually think it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's pretty obvious at this point that game was probably supposed to be like a free to play BR game. And then in the last like six months of development, they must've rebooted it and tried to make it kind of a traditional BF game. And it just has failed miserably. And it sucks because I love the modern setting. I love the near future setting of 2042 when it comes to weapons and equipment and vehicles and setting. I honestly think it's really cool. Um, but in theory, because of the way that they switched last minute, um, they didn't have support ready for the game long run. The game that released didn't really feel like a battlefield game should. And uh, they're doing all this catch up. And as we've seen before, with Battlefield 5 and with other games, they they kind of make a half effort to do the things they meant to do. And 
and then at some point, a, a, probably a, a money person uh, cuts the cord and they and they move on. Which is the other part is the main part of the story is that it's being rumored already that they're working on the next battlefield. Now that's a loaded statement, right? So what I don't think a lot of gamers understand or acknowledge enough is that it's it's this is the way the industry works, especially at the AAA level. Every game that you enjoy, especially big AAA games, after it comes out, depending on the type of game it is, it gets a live team and then everyone else moves on. And now, so a game like Destiny, its live team is probably the majority of their studio because after Destiny 2 came out, they've made tons of prolific content for that game. But then another game, say like God of War, when God of War came out, they released it and they set up a live team that was, I bet, pretty small um, to work on DLC or bug fixing or whatever, to finish features they couldn't finish during development, whatever the, whatever they do. But with God of War, I bet like 5% of the team stayed on that game to keep working on it. And then the rest of their team moved on to something big and new and uh, or multiple projects, potentially whatever, whatever they're doing over there at Santa Monica, I believe. Um, and so this isn't surprising, um, or at least it shouldn't be. Now, you would think or you hope that 2042 hasn't, you know, isn't left with 10% of the development team and they've moved the vast majority to this next project. This is like one of those things where you kind of hope maybe it's like a 50-50 where they're leaving a pretty sizable team with 2042 to do some pretty substantial content to get this game back in order. Um, but maybe they have a, a relatively large team doing pre-production on whatever the next battlefield is going to be. It's being rumored to be another like near future game. It almost kind of sounds like they're working on what this game probably should have been. Um, but you know, we, we, we may never know, uh, that the answers to some of those questions, but, um, yeah, when I saw some of the, the, some people would get like kind of up in arms about like, Oh, I can't believe that they would start working on the next game after this last one was such a disaster. Well, welcome to game development. And that's how it's, that's how it is. And that's probably how it's always going to be. Um, especially at studios like Ubisoft EA, um, or publishers, Ubisoft EA, PlayStation, Xbox, these big studios, they just, they don't like take time off. Like they don't take a break. Uh, you, you move on to the next project. Um, and that's, that's how you stay financially relevant. Um, Speaking of moving on, um, we have Ghost Recon Breakpoint news, and the news is that it's over. Breakpoint is no longer going to receive um, any new development or production. Um, they made that announcement this week. Um, I've talked a lot about Breakpoint um, and Wildlands uh, as well. I think Breakpoint is one of the worst games I've ever played. Um, and it's not because, I mean, I don't think it looks great. I think it looks kind of bad, honestly, um, but it's okay. It's acceptable, right? Um, it's just Breakpoint to me is such a culmination of how, of like everything Ubisoft has been doing wrong for the last like five or six years where it has this big impossibly giant world that's just empty and barren and just lifeless, but it's pretty in screenshots, right? It has these enemies that 
like I, I'll, I'll always remember this one moment. I was assaulting like a base or something when I when I got right point, and there were two guards standing at like a front gate, and I shot one in the head with a sniper rifle. I was really far away. He drops like a you know a sack of potatoes, and then the guy beside him goes on alert, looks around. The whole base goes on alert. They look around for like two minutes, and then everyone just forgets that there's a dead dude there. They didn't try to come out and find me. They didn't try to do. And so like, so what I'm getting at the, the AI in breakpoint is impossibly awful. It's so bad. It's especially frustrating because there's these wolves, which they definitely didn't steal from the hunters of the division. No way. No way did they do that. And they're supposed to be these like elite terrifying enemies. But what, what they ended up being was just enemies you had to shoot in the head twice instead of once. Um, and it's it's like like the AI is just so stupid and easy to exploit. And it's just so... For the type of game that Ghost Recon should be, um, you know, the, the story is bad. They tried to make John Bernthal their Keanu Reeves. And John Bernthal is a bad actor. He's not good. Uh, I know he's I know he's good in some stuff. But he's not like some prolific, you know, all tides rise with John Bernthal type of actor. And if anything, I mean, the the, the cut scenes and the and the cinematics in this game are just so awful. And they were awful when the game came out. And they were awful a few months ago when I tried the game out again. Um, the production level of this game is just so low. They tried to do this weird looter shooter thing with it. And then they kind of gave up on it and gave you the option to just play like normal Ghost Recon. And and then like half the enemies that you fight are these drones that are just not fun to fight because they're just, they're weird and they're glitchy and they just, you know, it doesn't feel like a visceral. It feels like an arcade game. And I just, I really didn't like Breakpoint. Now, on a more positive note, even though I don't like that game, um, they still have given it a lot of content since that game came out. That game came out like six months after Division 2, and it's gotten three, four times the content. Even though we know it didn't sell well, um, to the point where people dragged Division Down 2 with it, even though if you read the reports that Ubisoft put out, it sounds like the Division 2 sold really well, um, but for some reason didn't get the support it probably needed. Um especially not timely. Um, but Breakpoint just didn't do well. Yet it still got all of this support. I don't know. I don't get it. Obviously, Ubisoft is probably a big fan of their Ubisoft Paris studio, maybe more so than their Swedish massive studio, but that turns into a, a an office politics conversation that we can have another time. But um, but yeah, this news came. Um, it, it's kind of funny. Like I, I know that there's a... There's a really dedicated player base for Breakpoint, even though I believe it's probably pretty tiny. Um, I was very shortly part of their like community group they had that was, um, I don't remember what it was called, the operators or something. All I remember is that after the game came out, I went on there um, and it was supposed to be a place where you could directly communicate with the devs. And I remember posting some you know criticisms and just some ideas and basically being shouted down and not not uh it was it was a very interesting uh thing so i i relieved myself of uh being part of that group pretty quickly because i could see it was just a uh, a uh, a fanboy fangirl group and uh, and that's fine um it's just 
I, I think the long-term state of that game and the performance of its sales and stuff, you know, shows that maybe some of the stuff I was saying uh, shouldn't have been shouted down and ignored. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just a dumb guy uh, with opinions. Um, so I can respect that they gave a ton of content to the people who like this game. I really um, don't love that so much of the content is just like, you know, they, 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 this is the second game in a row. Ghost Recon has done this stuff with like the Terminator and, you know, the Predator and like Breakpoint has become such this game and a bunch of Ubisoft games have done this thing where it's like, it almost feels like they have like no, probably Ubisoft, not the studio making the game. There's just no guts to to like do some like really interesting, you know, post-release content, DLC, story stuff, whatever. Instead, it just seems like Ubisoft is like, oh, can we put aliens into this and put Sam Fisher into it? And then that's where they call it a day. And so, um, you know, I, if there were people who wanted more content from Breakpoint, this is obviously a bummer. Um, they had, they did pretty much come out and just say that the next game is being worked on. Um, unfortunately, in my opinion, it's going to be Ubisoft Paris again. Um, if you wonder why, um, I have such a bias against that. It's, um, partially because like Ubisoft Paris was like most well known for their Rabbids games and like their dance games and stuff before this. And so it, I think the Wildlands and Breakpoint had, you know, have never felt right in the break in the ghost recon universe. Um, and what basically happened was, um, ghost recon used to be under red storm. Um, he used to have the Tom Clancy license, um, until Ubisoft bought them and then incorporated that license. And, um, and basically future soldier came out, which is, I think the best ghost recon game. Um, and Ubisoft basically said, okay, cool. You're going to work on the division now. And we're just going to give your baby to someone else. Same with Rainbow Six. That was taken from them as well and given to Montreal, I believe. Um, now, obviously, Siege has done pretty well, but there's you could also make the argument that Rainbow Six has completely left its origins as well. Um, so knowing that Paris is making the next break, the next Ghost Recon, I'm not going to be excited about whatever that's going to be. Um, maybe... They'll learn their lessons from Breakpoint and Wildlands. I, I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, I would really, really love to see uh, Red Storm get a chance to make, um, you know, Future Soldier Two or something. Uh, but as we know right now, they're working on some smaller projects and they're headlining um, Heartland, even though we don't know anything about that. And who knows how long it's going to be until we do find out anything. So. Um, I, I try not to be too bitter because I really love the the division and I, I I still think that that game will maybe one day reach its full potential. Um, and we wouldn't have the division wouldn't have been what it was if Red Storm still had Ghost Recon, right? Because if you've played Future Soldier, you'll know that um, the division is very much a spiritual successor to Future Soldier. Um, I think the division one and two feel more like ghost recon games than wildlands or breakpoint. If wildlands and breakpoint were just a new IP, if they would have just decided to make like a new, like open world military 
Tom Clancy game and, and just make something up new. I think those games would have been received a lot better. But for people who played Rainbow Six, that then had basically like a DLC that was Rogue Spear and like that became Ghost Recon. Um, you know, people who played Advanced Warfighter 1 and 2, who played Future Soldier, who played the old like OG Ghost Recon games. I, I just, the, these games, this Wildlands and Breakpoint just don't have that soul. And you can tell they don't. Um, and, you know, if I think if Paris, Ubi Paris wants to tap back into that, they're going to have to do a lot of soul searching and not do what they did with these last two games. But that's just my opinion. Um, the next bit, we had a little bit of information come from Starfield. Um, they had a little video introducing us to Vasco, who is one of the companions that you're going to have through that game. Um, it's the robot companion that you've seen in a few of the trailers and some of their promotional materials. Um, you know, this wasn't anything groundbreaking. I don't think they really showed us anything too new, but they're doing this slow drip on Starfield. Um, I'm assuming this summer we're going to get some big giant blowout of showing us gameplay and game systems and the graphics and all the stuff that they're doing with that, um, with that game. Um, and I think these little bits of information every two or three weeks is just going to be what we have until they do a big blowout. Um, and then they'll blow it out and then they'll say it's coming in November and then they'll disappear again, probably, uh, which is kind of the Bethesda way. Now, hopefully this is a little more fallout three and a little less fallout 76, um, I, I don't want to dunk on Fallout 4. I like Fallout 4, um, even with its weaknesses. Um, I actually like it a lot. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm more hopeful about this than some others are. I really think only 76 was a real miss for them. Um, and if you, if you look into the development of that game, you'll kind of understand why. Um, it, it, it is the way it is. Not to make excuses for them, but... Uh, there's more to that story if you have never looked into it, so I suggest you do. Um, but yeah, Starfield is really the only game I'm looking forward to right now. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to, you know, Sinuous Saga and whatever the next Division game is going to be in Mass Effect and all that. But who knows when those games are coming out? Starfield is the only game I'm really excited about that we know about. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see more about that. Uh, a little bit here is I've just been paying attention to this kind of on the side. Um, the Halo show on Paramount Plus um, has has released its third episode. I have not seen it yet, but I have been trying to scope out um, some reviews and, and some people's thoughts. I think I'm going to do like a free trial or do like one month of Paramount Plus if it sounds like it ends up being pretty good, which it well, let's talk about it. So it basically sounds like the first episode was OK. The second episode was like a little more okay. And then this third episode sounds like it was really good. And um, what I like about what I'm hearing is that they aren't trying to just do the Halo story. That They're kind of taking the game as inspiration and they're using a lot of it and they are keeping a lot of stuff canon. Um, but that they've made very clear this show is not canon. And so they're going to take it their own direction. And the simple fact is, is that Telling a story with a user-controlled character that can go for 30 or 40 hours is easier or different than telling a story in seven episodes that only last an hour. Um, and, 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 you, and you have to use real people in, C in CGI that costs tons of money. And you have to you know, have production schedules and all this stuff. 
And so I think the only way to really tell a good story, even if it's in an existing world, is to take some liberties and do your own direction to just make it more realistic, um, to, to just make it possible um, to be able to do what you want to do with it. So um, it sounds like overall people are are enjoying it and that they're enjoying it more as the as the series comes out. Um, but this would be a really good one for if you have watched the Halo series so far. Um, pop down in the comments or over on my Twitter and let me know what you think of it because I would be very curious and I'm I'm still on the fence on whether or not I plan on buying it or or getting Paramount Plus to watch it. And then the final story we have is to talk about the the Division Two uh, PTS. Um, so I did a, a video on this. If you want my more extended thoughts, I'll try to keep this fairly um, succinct since we're here at the end. Um, so last week they did the, or in the, in the last week ish, they did the first phase of the PTS first of three. Um, the first phase was to test out the new mode countdown, um, some new systems phase two, I think is to throw in a bunch of new gear and weapons, um, as well as the countdown. And then the third week, uh, the third phase is going to be to implement some of some fixes and balances, um, and suggestions they get from the first two phases. And then after phase three is over, I presume relatively quickly, they'll be putting out the patch, um, onto the live server, to the live game. So, um, phase one is complete. They wrapped it up. I believe it was yesterday. I'm, re I'm recording this on Friday. Um, and I believe it concluded on Thursday. Um, I, I played an okay amount of it. I did run into an issue where, um, I don't own Warlords of New York on PC. I, I primarily play Division on my Xbox. Um, this is a PC PTS only. And um, so every time I did a round of countdown, I had to start a new character and I would lose all my gear. So that was frustrating because the level 40 character they give you in the PTS um, is not equipped very well. So, um, I still, I got, I think six or seven, um, countdown runs through, uh, despite all of the issues and my, my verdict, um, again, if you want my deeper thoughts, check out the video on my YouTube where I give my impressions of it is it's, it's just, it's fine. It's okay. Um, I, I think the issue that, that they're going to have is that in, in the community, in the gamers minds, it's been two years since we've had new content and that two year gap to most people means, holy crap, they're making new content. This is going to be like bigger than warlords of New York, you know, the, the DLC they did uh, about a year after the game released. And the issue is, is that they didn't even know they were doing this content until less than a year ago or about a year ago. And then they had to build a whole new team to make this content because the division two team had moved to star Wars on Ubisoft's direction when they thought division two was done after warlords. And so the, the, this, this countdown mode and this other content we're getting probably if Ubisoft would have let massive actually, I don't know, invest in this IP, if this would have come out at the end of Feilao's season uh, her manhunt uh about a year ago um i think that this content would have been pretty well received um i think that this mode would have you know the mode is basically 
two teams of four working together complete sub objectives and then they complete a main objective and then they extract after fighting a bunch of hunters that's countdown and you have to do it in 15 minutes which is such an arbitrary time and so that's it you know i'm sure some of the things that you do will will be unique i'm sure that they'll try to mix some things up and you know they mix up the enemy types and the objectives you complete but at the end of the day you complete two objectives you complete one objective and then you get out and 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 that's the entirety of this new content so when people are you know maybe down in this a little bit or they're upset about it like you can't blame them to a point um you know if you know the limitations they've been under you give them a little more um leeway because you know that you know this was probably a miracle for them to do uh you know in their situation um but if you're looking at it from a gamer perspective, this is, you know, probably pretty disappointing. And I think that's okay. I, I, th- I think it's a little disappointing too, even though I feel a lot of empathy for their situation. And so, you know, and then th- they have new gear, new guns coming out. That's stuff that should have been happening anyways. I, I mean, like, I, I it, it very much turns into a, you don't really want to like hype them up for doing like their job. But you do because they have been doing this stuff in like tough circumstances. I I have some very conflicted emotions about this, right? Long story short, I don't blame the devs for any of this. I don't blame Massive for any of this. Um, I just think that, you know, Ubisoft is kind of a shit show that has really bad priorities with the games that they um, give favor to. And I think it's pretty wildly obvious that they uh, play a lot of favorites with studios Um, even if those studios are putting out what I think are pretty inferior products to what massive has done. Um, and and not to mention that they've managed to do this, um, while being treated essentially like a second rate developer, even though I think you could argue that massive is probably the best, if not, you know, up in the top two or three of all of the studios under Ubisoft, but you know, so this PTS, it's fine. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. They, they needed this needed to be a warlords dlc um but for a thousand reasons it's not going to be and i i think um this update you know that what the, what they've shown us so far is going to bring a small number of people back to the game and then they'll leave and then the people who were still playing it anyways for some reason will probably be the happiest that there is like something a little bit new to do that drops a ton of gear. And if you want to fight hunters, you can, even though they're kind of wimpy. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I'm not hyped. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I guess. And, and that's a bummer because I really hope that this content was going to be something where I was going to be like, Oh, sweet. I'm coming back. I'm a division stand again. I'm going to change my branding colors back to orange. I am in it to win it. And instead, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll stream it a little bit. I'll make a video about it. Um, but I don't expect to be crushing 20 hours a week in Division again um, after this update comes out because I don't think that's what this update is. And uh, that's a bummer, but it's also just the reality of the world right now. So we will persist. We will survive. Um A last note about that um, is that we also do supposedly have Heartland coming. Um, 
I, I really, I'm in a weird spot with Heartland and with this Division 2 content because um, talking about like what I did with Battlefield and um, Ghost Recon and some of those other games. So the, the timeline that we're, we're somewhat aware of is that the, the Division 2 came out, you know, leading up to the Division 2 release. There were like 20 studios working on it from all over the world. The primary studios being Red Storm and Massive. Red Storm was in charge of the DZ and Conflict, their 4v4 PvP mode, um, and Massive was in charge of the rest of the game, right? Um, and the game came out, and we we know because of state of the game and stuff like that that Red Storm was around for a few months, um, but now it seems pretty obvious that not long after Division Two came out, um, they probably start working on heartland red storm and the reason i think you can surmise that is that conflict in the dz basically got forgotten um that you know there was so much talk before the game came out that conflict was going to get like new modes and have events and you know it's going to get balanced and they're gonna have all this stuff and then that i think like one new mode came out um i think there's like a deathmatch mode or like a like a um like a like a single elimination so like you know you can't you don't respawn you don't revive stuff like that um and then when the when you run out of players the game's over i i don't know i haven't played it <laughs> the the conflict has just been the shield fest and so maybe with this new patch that's going to change but i don't think it will um and and you know then you know so division two came out red storm left pretty quickly um, you know, they massive did their stuff. Uh, you know, they, they did warlords and then they bounced, you know, most of that team to work on star Wars. And, and now we're in a, we're in a situation where we have a support team at Ubisoft Bucharest working on division two content. We have massive hiring a decent number of people for division two at massive. So they're obviously starting to put, to put together a small team there um, presumably to work on new, this new content over the next year or two. Um, I think to start pre-production on division three, it's just my opinion. Um, and, and by that, I mean, like they're starting like a two or three year process of pre-production on division three. I do not think division three development starts anytime soon, if it ever does. And then we have red storm still working on heartland, I guess. And I think we're going to run into a situation where, someone's going to have to ask the honest question of what if, you know, how successful would the division two be today? If red storm continued to work on conflict and the DZ and tried to rectify a lot of the issues that that relatively small, but vocal population has about those things. Um, and would probably be a bigger population if it, I don't know, continued to get worked on. And what if, massive would have at least been allowed to keep a decent live team on to make content that was more interesting than episode one two and three to make more stuff like warlords and less stuff like countdown um and and i think what's going to happen is i think this division two content's going to come out and it's probably not going to feel like it was worth the effort and the time and then i think heartland is going to come out and it's really going to feel like man the division IP probably would have benefited a lot from Red Storm continuing to work on this main headline game instead of making this other thing that they've made. And um, I, I'm not going to discount 
Ubisoft having massive work on like Star Wars, which stole away a lot of the Division 2 team, like most of it, because that's a big opportunity for those developers, for that publisher, for the studio of Massive itself. Um, but it really seems like more could have been invested in the Division 2 than it was uh, because the, the Division 2 didn't have a lot of those barricades that Division 1 had where like they needed to make a new game. Um, Division 1 had a lot of limitations that people are kind of ignorant to, and that's fine, that they couldn't have done much more with that game for technical reasons. I don't believe Division 2 is in that situation. I, I believe the limitations on Division 2 have been that their publisher hates that game and that franchise for some reason, uh, seemingly. So... I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm excited for the new content to, to actually come out, but I can't say I'm excited to test any more of the Division 2 content PTS. I I kind of hope that they just put it out because I think that this content specifically is going to suffer greatly from a thing I've complained about with PTSs before where they just kind of show the goods they, they and people get to experience it. And then, you know, a day or two later, they're kind of like, eh, okay. And I think that's what's going to happen here, unfortunately. But I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they're working on Division 3. We'll leave it there. Uh, so for some listener questions, I'm going to quickly get through some of this. Uh, Master Prime on Discord asked, um, thoughts on the new Star, uh, LEGO Star Wars game? Haven't played it. I've seen reviews. I've seen a lot of gameplay footage. It looks super cool. Not my style, necessarily. Um, but it uh, it looks like they took like what they used to do with the Lego games for all kinds of different franchises and really stepped their game up. So um, that game looks like a blast. And for people who are into it, I am very happy. Um, Master Prime's second question was Sony's next acquisition. Um, like, what is it going to be? I think the rumors about Konami and stuff probably aren't going to happen. Um Sony won't buy Konami. Konami is into a bunch of weird shit. Um, if you don't know, they're into a lot of like physical gambling machine tech. Um, I think that the Konami owns like a health spa company. Like, like they like they run like health spas or something. I find it basically impossible to believe that Sony wants to deal with that at all. Now, if you tell me that Sony is going to work on some licensing deals or maybe buying the IP of like Metal Gear Solid and some of their other games. I, I, I guess that's more likely, but I, I don't think that Konami will ever be sold as like a studio to Sony. I, I don't think Sony wants that. Um, I think they want the goods. They don't want the whole basket, right? Um, and so, you know, there's been a lot of talk about other, um, like I think Housemark recently got purchased by them, like officially, not that surprising. Um, that's more what i'm expecting um there, there are some rumors that like from software could be purchased by them um i find that a little hard to believe because that seems like a move that they would be looking for exclusivity and i don't know if from software wants that because they've you know just shown with elden ring that they can like break sales records and do crazy on all platforms and i kind of could see i could see uh, from software being like, we don't want to limit ourselves unless they can get like a Bungie deal where uh, Sony owns them, but they can still do whatever they want. Um, we'll see. Um, other than that, you know, I think there's a few other 
um, kind of obvious, uh, you know, studios that they pretty much already exclusively work with. So I don't know. Okay. So to wrap it up with some content updates, I do have a couple new division two videos over on YouTube talking mostly about the PTS. Like I mentioned before, um, I do plan on having more division two videos coming out as we learn uh, more about new content as it actually comes out and I can more, um, officially review it. Right. Uh, same with Heartland or <clears throat> if we ever hear more about that game, who knows? And then, um, I, I want to make some Starfield Mass Effect videos. Starfield's probably going to wait until we know more Mass Effect. I have some, you know, videos already planned out. I just have to take the time to do them, which is, uh, easier said than done. Uh, I did update the merch and prices on it over at the Streamlabs merch store. So check that out in the links. I genuinely think it looks good. Whether you want a coffee mug or a t-shirt. Um, I also tried to lower the prices of everything as much as I basically can. Um, and so, you know, check it out. I think it's nice and it's a cool way to support the show and my content. And um, yeah, I would really appreciate it. And that's where we're going to wrap this baby up because I'm losing my voice. Uh, thank you for checking out the podcast. And if you want more, please be sure to like the video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel on all platforms, be notified uh, of new videos by hitting the bell on YouTube, and maybe check out some of my other content and videos and streams and such. Uh, if you want to find me, I am all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, please check out the Echo Cast and Bond Diesel merch. Uh, at the link below in my uh, yeah, at the Streamlabs merch store and that's all I have so until next time